And I got to the Epcot parking lot at HD8. <laughs> And I was running. I, I was like, it was an all-out sprint to the front gate. And right before I could get to the uh, front entrance, they were like, no, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, we just closed up. It is not the critical counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy course, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Welcome to the Dreamer's Moment. We talk to people who are in the arena, chasing their dreams. I interviewed Brent Dodge back in 2011 for my very first podcast episode. We'll get into his story shortly, but before we officially started our interview, Brent told me a funny story that had happened recently. While standing in line to ride his favorite attraction, the People Mover, he noticed the people standing right in front of him were talking about somebody, as it turns out, about Brent. It was it was one of the most like surreal things ever. <laughs> I was standing there in line, and all of a sudden I hear these people behind me, they're like, Oh yeah, I follow this guy who goes to Disney every day, and and this is his favorite ride. And I was like, oh, I was like, they're, they're talking about me. And so I looked and I said, are you talking about Brent Dodge? And he goes, yeah, but I'm pretty sure his name is Brett. And I said, eh, I'm pretty sure my name's Brent. And looks so embarrassed. I mean, it was the most embarrassing look ever. Oh, and a really nice person. But then after that, they're like, I'm not telling you my name. And I was like, that's fine. As a young boy, Brent Dodge told his family he would one day make Disney World a big part of his life. He kept his promise and eventually did an internship at Disney World and then came back home. But Brent realized he needed to make Disney a much bigger part of his life, and after moving to Florida, he challenged himself to do something much greater, a challenge that would take years to accomplish. Um, actually, I think the thing is I've been there every day that I've been in the state of Florida with the exception of, I think, six days. And how many have you been, how many years in Florida? Uh, this is seven now. Okay.
Well, I moved down here. It was I, the first official day that I got here was March 1st, 2010. And I had always been the biggest Disney fan in, you know, my family and group of friends and, and everything else. And so in, in 2004, I actually did the Walt Disney World College program, which at that point, that was like the ultimate dream. Like that was my, I'll, I'll never forget when I was about probably three or four, I remember telling my grandma that someday I was going to work at Walt Disney World and I'll, I'll like, I'll never forget that moment. I'll never forget sitting there at the, the kitchen table and telling her that. And my entire life, I always was building up to that. And when I did my college program, it was hands down like this giant dream come true where, you know, I, I, I got to live my my ultimate dream that I had dreamt of for, you know, 16 or 17 years at that point. Hmm. And when I finished it, which was January of 2005, um, when I finished it, it was just you know, like when you watch those movies or it, I always think the, the best example is uh, Finding Nemo. When the the fish tank gang gets out of the dentist office and they're there in the little plastic bags in the ocean <laughs> and they look at each other and they go, now what? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and when I finished my college program, that that's that was like this haunting thing in my head. It was like, okay, my whole life, has been building up to this one big dream and now now what you know like I, i've lived out my my greatest dream and so it kind of was always in the back of my head like i was going to come back to orlando i wasn't sure when but i did want to finish school so i went back up to wisconsin for about six years five years five and a half years about and the idea of disney kept on coming back and and my family kept on saying we know you're going to probably go back someday but you know, when's it going to be? And then all of a sudden in, I think it was like 2008, I came up with the idea of From Screen to Theme, which is my first book. And when I came up with the idea of Screen to Theme, I started coming down here about two to three times a year just to do more and more research. And while I was doing all this research, I started to think, if, if I'm actually going to write a book about this place, I have to actually be down here. You know, like the, like the research trips were great, but at the same time, I would get so easily distracted to be like, oh, okay, like I'm going to do this, this, and this today for research. And the next thing I know, I'm, you know, on the people mover like 10 times in a row. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's just like one of these things where I kept on getting distracted and I figured I, I need to just move down here. So I had just launched my podcast and one of the people who I actually met down here while doing the research on my podcast had their roommate move out. And they said, you know, I know you probably want to move back down here at some point. Would you be interested moving down into my apartment? I have very cheap rent for you. I took the opportunity. And um, and, and as we said earlier, I, the day that I got down here was also the same day that I received the first copy of my book. And then the next day I got to tell everyone about my my news about, you know, living in Florida now and, and having a brand new book out in um, it, it was a long journey, but it's it it's it, it, at the same time I'm so happy that every little piece fell into place the way it did. It, what 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 was the what did you leave behind as besides family? Where, did you have a, a career that you were leaving behind, or did you um, did that 
what happened there? Um, I, I got my degree in elementary education. So I was doing teaching and during the summer I would take care of two kids and, you know, that was, I think that was tougher than leaving. It was tougher leaving the kids than leaving my family because my family obviously knew they're like, okay, you know, we'll see him in a few months, you know, he'll come up and visit and stuff like that. Um, but the two kids I used to take care of, like, you know, they became like family because I took care of them for about three years during the summers. And I would say like the first, the first month or two living down here, I was having a great time, but it was about, it was probably like three or four weeks into my move. Um, I got a phone call from their mom saying that their grandma had passed away. And that was like, I felt like the worst person in the world was like, Oh, I just left them and I'm out here having the time of my life. So I think that was the most difficult thing was leaving those kids behind because they they were still relatively young. The one was in like second grade and the other one was in kindergarten. Mm. So they, they, they knew that I had moved, but they weren't really sure why. Couldn't understand it at that age yet. Yeah, they really couldn't. And, and now, I mean, I'm, I'm still close with the family. And um, now it's, it's weird because the kids are on Instagram and Facebook and, <laughs> and, and they follow me on there. And, and now it's, it's funny because they'll send me messages about once a month saying like, oh, you know, like we really miss you, but it looks like you're having a lot of fun. Like we wish we could do the same thing you're doing, but we have to go to school. So it's like they now understand like, okay, this, you know, you have to go through all the school stuff and then you can get to, you know, following your, your dreams. Right, right. Well, did they ever come down to Florida, and have they ever visited you? You know, they came down one time, and they went to Tampa. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know, and I was so disappointed. I was like, why did you guys go to Tampa? So I, I went to Tampa for the day, and I, I met up with them. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't understand why they decided to go to Tampa, not Disney World. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> they would have had a tour guide who could trounce any Disney employee's knowledge it would be my guess. <laughs> <laughs> How many years were you down there? What was the process of you deciding that you were going to try to go there every day for a year? Was that happening right from the get-go, or did you make a decision down there and start to work at it? No, it was. It was. It was a very the very first day decision. Um, my very first day down here. Uh, March 1st, I I got in probably around 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, and my mom drove down here with me for the um, the drive down, and then my, my dad and one of my brothers came a few days later with some more of my stuff. And I remember getting there, and we went, we, we moved all the stuff into the apartment, and we went to Earl's Sandwich with my new book, and I was like on top of the world. <laughs> and I said, okay, I said, now we have to go to Epcot. <laughs> and my mom said, you're not going to go to Epcot. Like, you know, we just literally drove like 14 hours today. And I said, no, I said, I'm here. There's no way I'm not taking advantage of going to Epcot. And she's like, no, you've got the rest of your life to go to Epcot. I said, no, 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 I, I got to go to Epcot. I've always had this theory, and I, I tell this to my friends all the time, is especially, you know, some of my friends are like, eh, I don't know if we're going to go to Disney today. And I always point out, that there's millions of people in the world who would give anything to be living, you know, 10 minutes away from Disney property. And I said, because of those people, that they're the ones who truly motivate me every single day where I think if, 
you know, for years and years and years when I was in Wisconsin, I would have given anything to not be in Wisconsin and be at the park. Hmm. You know, I would have given anything. And so my theory is, as a tribute to those people, like, I had to go every chance that I could could get. And so um, day one, I, I started having this idea of going to the park for 365 days in a row. And... Um, and I, I started going every day, but I knew right off the bat that there was no way the first time around I was going to hit 365 because my family does a family re- reunion every single August in Wisconsin. Oh. So I was like, okay, I was like, I know that there's no way that I'm going to be able to make it this year. However, I, I still went every single day between, you know, March 1st and, and whatever day it was in August. And then, um, when I returned from, Wisconsin in August, I said, okay, this is it. I'm doing 365 days. And I was on a very good streak. And then in November of that year, uh, my grandpa passed away. Oh. And I was like, okay. I was like, you know what? That's, you know, family's a lot more important. And I was like, I, I've got to go up to, you know, uh, he lived in Illinois. I was like, I got to go up to Illinois. So I, I put the idea on the back burner and then, um, the following year, I was on another streak, and one of my friends asked me to help them move in January. And I was like, okay, I was like, I'll help you move, but I have to be out of your apartment by six o'clock because it was, uh, you know, the parks were closing at like eight o'clock that night or something like that. Hmm. I said, I got to be out of your apartment at six o'clock. And next thing I know, like, you know, they were moving something heavy up, and there's only two people. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll help you guys with this. And I kept on pushing the time back. And I got to the Epcot parking lot at 88 (laughs) and I was running. I I was like, it was an all out sprint to the front gate. And right before I could get to the uh, front entrance, they were like, no, you know, I'm I'm sorry. Like we just closed up. And I was like, oh, I was like, and I begged and pleaded and they were like, I'm sorry. You know, like we would love to help you, but you know, we, we just can't do it. Like the park is closed now. And I was like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, so then the following year, um, I, I started the streak again, and then my grandma passed away. So <laughs> oh my goodness. it was another trip up north. Um, and then the following year after that, I said, I'm, there's no way I'm not going to let this, you know, happen. All, all family members were, you know, healthy. So I was like, okay, there's a pretty good chance this time around. Huh. Um, and so, yeah, it, so it was, it was my fourth try that I finally hit 365 days. And I, I still say that 365th day was hands down one of the greatest days at Disney I've ever had in my life. Um, I, I got to the park and there was a few people that I know. So a few of my friends, um, were at the front entrance with a bunch of signs that they had created. Oh, nice. That said like, you know, 365 days. Congratulations, Brent. And, um, it, it, it was just, I mean, it, all the cast members went out of their way because we, we all had like these, you know, 365 buttons on. And um, it was just an unbelievable, I mean, absolutely unbelievable day. Wow. One, one of the, hands down, one of the top five Disney days of my life. What did you do? What parks did you go to that day or what did you specifically do? Um, We, we only did Magic Kingdom and we got there... It, you know, it was funny because a lot of people thought I was going to go there right off the bat, right in the morning. Hmm. 
And I think in my head, I was like, I, you know, I know I'm going to hit it. So I'm just going to sleep in a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) And so a few of my friends who had shown up, they they showed up at like nine o'clock in the morning with these signs. And I didn't get over there until probably like noon. And they're like, (laughs) we literally were sitting at the front entrance since nine o'clock waiting for you to come in. (laughs) And I said, I told you I was going to try to sleep in. They're like, yeah, but we, we didn't think you actually were going to. Um, but yeah, we did Magic Kingdom. We sat right on the corner uh, for the Festival of Fantasy Parade, and and they, my friends all were all holding the signs, and um, literally every single character was like reading the signs and like giving me the thumbs up and stuff, and um, and we had cast members were giving us fast passes to to everything, to Peter Pan's flight and Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. I mean, it was just unbelievable day. Wow. Now, I think I know one of the magical things that came out of your effort. Didn't Disney do an article on you or something? They did, yes. So there, there's a few of my friends who are cast members, and they started talking to their duty manager um, over in Disney Springs or downtown Disney at that point. And they started talking to the duty manager, and they said, listen, we've got a friend who is attempting to do 365 days at the park is there any way you can do anything for them? Like anything special? Like they were trying to, their ultimate goal, they told me later on, was try to make me the grand marshal of the parade that day. Oh, wow. And so the guy was like, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can pull it off. So he was like making phone calls and everything else like that. And then all of a sudden, next thing out of the blue, I get this phone call from Disney. And it's, I I can't think of the girl's name, but this, it's this, person who works with the duty manager of downtown Disney and she said hey listen I I work for the Disney Parks blog and we're starting to hear traction of this story about you being at the parks 365 days (laughs) and she's like can we have your um, you know your your code on the back of your pass to make sure that you actually have been there 365 days Ah. and I said yeah definitely and so I gave her the code on the back of the card, and and she's like, okay, she's like, I just have to go through. I have to make sure that this is actually all legit. And she goes, and then I want to call you back and talk to you a little bit more about this. I said, yeah, that's fine. So she called me up a few hours later, and and she said, I can't believe you actually did this. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I'd be really interested in coming or having you come in and and having us write an article about your journey. And I was like, are you serious right wow. now? Um, and she's like, yeah. She's like, you know, just come on in. And so I went in and, and it was kind of cool because they took me to the the second floor of Disney's Days of Christmas shop oh. in downtown Disney. There's a bunch of offices up there. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So they, they took me up there. And it's actually kind of cool because I had never known about this before. But when you're actually standing over on the Art of Disney side if you look up on the top of the Christmas shop, you can actually see um, little balconies up there. And that the balconies are actually part of the offices. Really? Yeah. And so, like, now since then, I've, like, looked up there and you can kind of see the top of the windows that would, you know, like the sliding glass door windows. Um, but I, I don't, I think 99.9% of the people who walk underneath there have no clue that there were actually just, you know, there's people up there working. <laughs> oh, but that's kind of fun to point out to people now. 
Yeah, it is. It, it's a very cool thing. I, I pointed out to a few people. I've said, oh, I said that right up there is where they actually interviewed me. Huh. Yeah, so it's very cool. So, yeah, they took me up there, and we talked for, it was probably like an hour or two. Wow. And kind of going through the entire story of why I did it and how I pulled it off and everything else like that. And um, and it was like about a week later, it you know it popped up on, on Disney Parks blog, and it was really funny because I started getting all these different messages from different people. <laughs> And they're saying, look, look, your your name popped up on, you know, this website and this website and this website. And there was this huge debate on one website about whether or not I had done it. And someone was <laughs> saying, it must be really nice for mommy and daddy to pay for your way into the park every time. Like, <laughs> oh and then, of course, other people are saying, no, we know him. Like, we work with him. Like, we know he doesn't. <laughs> You know, like his parents aren't paying for this. And, and I mean, it was it was actually really entertaining reading it from my perspective because it was I, I feel like it must be what celebrities feel like when they read the tabloids about themselves. <laughs> you know, like, you know, just all these made up stories and everything else like that. Um, but I mean, it was it, it was fun. It was it was kind of crazy because all of a sudden, you know, my my book sales all of a sudden took off again and. It, it was it was just a really really crazy time, but I absolutely loved it. Oh, that is fun! Is it something that is still available online that you can re- read the story? Yeah, it is. It is. Yep. How would you find it? Um, actually, I I just had one of my friends told me the other day that they Googled my name, and it's still the first article that that pops up. So I think a lot of people are probably wondering. Um, and I'm going to say before I ask this question that I I think I get you because I had something a little bit different that seemed to never get old to me uh, many years ago. But people wonder, don't you get sick of it? Don't do you, do you get sick of going into the parks? No, <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, but <laughs> um, no. And honestly, no. Like it's it's one of those things where. I wake up every morning and I know that I'm going to be going to one of my favorite places in the world. And it, I would rather be there than anywhere else. And, um, I, I try to change it up every day too. I, you know, I'll, I usually typically don't go to the same park two days in a row just so, you know, it's, it's constant moving and there's constantly something different to see than what I saw the day before. Um, but it's, it's one of those things every every year and the more and more time I do this, the more I realize that there's so many different things to experience at Disney. Um, and I become more and more interested in things like like this past year, I've become really interested in photography. And yeah. I think it's because I, I want to see Disney in a completely different way than what I've seen it before. And so now every day when I go to the park, I'm constantly thinking, okay, what would be a cool angle for a picture that I've never taken before? Maybe no one else has ever taken before. Right. And, it, you know, it, as long as you keep your mind fresh and keep on looking for different things, it's, I don't think it'll ever get old for me. I, I think it'll just constantly be fun. Your pictures are the most amazing pictures I have ever seen. And I don't know what your secret is, if you have some special camera, but you always capture the sky in a way that is amazing. Well, thank you. <laughs> how, how, photography classes, or did you just figure out a trick, or what would you do? 
it, you know, it, it was, um, I started taking the pictures, like I said, it was about a year ago, a little over a year ago. Um, I started doing pictures on, um, I, I bought a GoPro and when I started taking the pictures on the GoPro, um, I, I was just posting the pictures every now and then and I would kind of edit it, but I wouldn't focus on the editing too much. And I'll never forget the picture that I took. It was actually my first non-Disney picture I ever posted <laughs> on on my Instagram account. And it was this little nature trail that's that's kind of near my apartment. And this this there was the sky was up uh, like the sky was really blue in the picture, and the there was a reflection of the water with the sky. And all these people started commenting. I got one of the most gorgeous pictures I've ever seen. And I started to see the sky in a completely different way than ever. And I, it's, it's funny because now all of my friends who are into photography, uh, typically when they see my pictures, they're like, oh, yeah, of course the, si- the sky is there. And of course the sun's, you know, there's a sun glare in your picture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and it's, it's one of those things I try to get away from it every now and then. But for some reason, it pops up in every almost every single one of my pictures. <laughs> oh, I, I love every one of your uh, pictures. There, um, So for anybody listening, go out to Facebook, type in from screen to theme. It, most of them are on that page, right? Most of them are on that page, yeah. And I also post some on my, uh, I do a daily picture on Instagram. Um, and over there, it's it's Brent Dodge is my Instagram name. Okay. Um, may, explain what is it, what is it about Disney that has stayed magical for you and include in that any special um, experiences or chance encounters that you've had that make it magical? I think the number one thing that keeps it magical for me and um, it's something that you know my closest friends my family will always say about me specifically is much like Walt I'm all about storytelling. Um, I, I love to just tell stories. I love to be told stories. I love to find the, you know, what connects everything in everything and not just Disney, but in, in the world. And so when I go to Disney, what I absolutely love about it is there's constantly these stories being told, whether there's stories that are being placed in the park by the Imagineers or, um, just chance encounters with guests where you're just sitting there and you can, you know, you hear different stories that the guests are telling or just doing the people watching. I, I think it's just, I always say to people when people say, Oh, you've probably done everything at Disney. I go, well, I've done every ride and I've done every attraction and, and you know, all of that kind of stuff. But I was like, the thing about Disney that I absolutely love is no one can ever experience everything at Disney because everyone, when they walk through those gates, has a different story that they're telling you know i i'll never experience your story because you're seeing the world from a completely different point of view than i am so everyone goes in there and they have these different experiences with you know family or friends or um even by themselves that they get to experience every day and i think that's what i absolutely love about the park when we talked last you did have um just from screen to theme and now uh i've looked and i see that you have is it a couple of the closer look books yep i've got the uh, closer look at the magic kingdom's fantasy land and the, a closer look at the magic kingdom's liberty square mm-hmm. how did you get on to um it, at one time i kind of had the impression you might come out with more screen to theme books um is this a different theme 
Yeah. Okay. So, so right now, um, my, so my, my initial thought process was I was going to do from screen of theme. The first one is a closer look at the animated film references in Walt Disney world. And then the second book was going to be the live action and classic characters. It actually, I, the entire book, I actually had all those sections together in one giant book, but it would have been about 600 pages. Oh, and I was thinking no one wants to walk around with a 600 page guidebook around Disney. So I decided to cut it into two different books. And after the first book came out, I started working on the editing of the second one. And while I started editing the, the, or the live action one, I, I was, um, just kind of, you know, when I was going to the parks, I was trying to figure out different things that I can do for the website. And I started a section on my website called A Closer Look. And it took a closer look at, you know, just specific attractions or shops or restaurants and, and just kind of talked about the, the different stories that are there and some of the fun facts and things that might, people might uh, overlook while they're at that shop or restaurant or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's I mean... <laughs> I can't complain at all. I mean, it's literally, I, it's, it's one of those things where I always talk about how, you know, when people ask me like, oh, like, you know, do you ever get bored or, you know, all the typical questions that I usually get, I said, you know, I said, it's something that I always wanted since I was, you know, three years old. So, you know, I'm 33 now. So I said, for the last 30 years, I said, this is what I've been building for and I'm living the dream. And yeah. I said, yes, yeah, some days I'm, I'm exhausted. But at the same time, I couldn't be happier. <laughs> yeah. So what are your future uh, plans, your near future plans? Anything that um, you've talked about the, the next book you have in queue? And, um, but any other plans that we should be aware of? Um, so yeah, so the, the next big plan is the Adventureland book. And then after that, actually, the next book I'm going to be working on, or actually I've started doing some pre-writing for it, is uh, another from screen of theme book. It's going to be from screen of theme, and it's going to be taking a look at the animated and live action references over at the Disneyland Resort. To learn more about Brent Dodge, visit fromscreentotheme.com. The Dreamer's Moment is part of the Life Podcast Network, a group of family-friendly podcasts bringing a positive message of hope and inspiration. Find us at lifepodcast.net.